is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. Hey, good morning. Welcome back, you, Pastor King. I'm happy to be back. You survived a week without me. <laughs> well, we cut up and, you know, when the, the cat's away, the mice play. So we, uh, yeah, we had a great, we had a great time without you, but we missed you. It's just not the same without my good buddy, Curtis King. Well, I missed doing it. I really did. But I have to say that I really enjoyed last week's episode. I listened to the whole thing, every single word of it. Um, I enjoyed both jokes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give mine to Andrew. Okay. Uh, my vote to Andrew, if that, you know, hate to hurt your feelings there, buddy, but um, you just don't uh, like my jokes. I just, you know, I can't, I can't figure out what it is about me and my jokes, but you're always biased toward yours. And the one time you're off the program, now you're biased toward his. So I think what it is, is that with um, you and I have no spirit of competition toward each other whatsoever. Okay. We never have, but with this joke thing, we do have a spirit of competition. And so it's kind of like, you know, I, I, despise um you know philadelphia eagles the uh, the football team from washington so i don't care who they're playing i want them to lose you know so i want you to win at everything in life except for the joke of the week it's, be- it's because i'm an alabama crimson tide fan just to admit it that's, you know that's what I- this boils down to we have already brought that into two different episodes and that's the reason why I said Philadelphia Eagles and the football team from Washington, because I did not want to bring that up again. Okay. But, well, uh, but since you did, uh-huh. yeah, well, so I, I know deep under the surface, what's really going on here. So, but onto a, onto another topic here, um, <laughs> you missed last week because the COVID bug bit, uh, it bit hard. It really did, yeah. which we had a mild case. Okay. I have to say we had a mild case. Um, I, I have nothing to compare it to is personally, other than just what I hear other people say and, um, what I hear other people say, um, I mean, I, you and I both have friends who have died from this. Um, I've got friends who have spent, uh, weeks and weeks and weeks in intensive care over this. Mine was nothing compared to that. Okay. Yeah. But I would also say that it's, it was very much unlike anything I've ever dealt with. I'm still dealing with it. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I feel better and I'm not contagious anymore. I'm out of quarantine, all that good stuff, but, um, man, (laughs) I wear down really It's an animal, isn't it? Yeah. By the time we are finished doing this episode, I'm probably going to go take a nap. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. I completely get it completely get it fatigue i think for me fatigue gripped me for probably two months after i had covid on some level in fact i still get tired um a lot quicker in the evening but um you know who knows at this point if that's covid or not but and i'm glad you're back on your feet and and, and moving around you know yesterday um janet and i you know we're still we were still in quarantine and um we had a burst of energy, just a burst of energy. Cause we've been on the couch <laughs> just, you know, days and days and days. And we finally felt really good. And, um, we started cleaning the house, which it is shocking how filthy a person's house can get in a week's time, you know, when you're not really doing anything. 
And, um, oh my goodness, we cleaned. And when we went to bed last night, we just absolutely crashed. I mean, we crashed hard and Janet is still crashed from yesterday. Um, we, we, yeah, but I'm telling you, man, underneath all of our furniture inside our refrigerator and freezer, it is spotless. (laughs) (laughs) I took everything out of the refrigerator, everything out of the freezer. (laughs) It's clean and clean and clean. (laughs) That's great. Well, uh, we're recording this uh, 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 six days before it airs, but tomorrow I, my family and I are moving from uh, the home that we had purchased some time ago about 25 minutes from our church, we're moving next door to the church. Yeah. And so our house has boxes everywhere right now. Oh my. So, yep. I, my heart breaks for you. I am telling you well, um, that our last move here to Niagara Falls, I am telling you, um, for one thing, my office is, you have to go up a half a flight of stairs to get to my office. And uh, you know how many books I used to have I threw away about half of my books <laughs> after bringing them upstairs. Okay. And, uh, and of course our house and furniture and all that kind of stuff. I told, I told Janet, I said, I, I don't ever want to move ever again, period. I said, now, you know, if the Lord wanted me to move, I would do it. But I, it is my prayer that he never wants me to move ever again, because I don't want to, I don't want to rent a U-Haul. I don't want to go through all that again. Yeah. But I told Janet, I said, I said, not only would God have to show me a burning bush, he would have to set the whole mountain on fire to get me to move again. I'm staying put, man. I'm tired of this. Well, don't feel too terrible for us. We're moving into a beautiful home um, and we're going to go from a 25 to 30 minute commute uh, 20, depending on who's driving, but anyway, um, uh, we're going to go from a 25 to 30 minute commute to about a 30 second walk, um, uh, to the office. So, and the house is just gorgeous right out our back window. We've got a huge area for hosting, uh, folks. And then right out our back window, you can see the, uh, Housatonic river, uh, mm. running right by, uh, our, uh, our home there. It's just, it's just beautiful. So God's been really good to us. We're excited about this and uh, we feel that it's going to open a lot of doors for us to be, uh, you know, less stressed and the schedule to be a little bit better. So in the, you know, the moving part is stressful, but once we get settled, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm so excited for you. I really, really am. I, when, when I was there with you, um, a few years ago, boy, I wish I had paid more attention to that. Uh, my focus is mainly on the church building and I, but I know I saw it. And I think that even in some of the the pictures you have maybe on your website or something that part of it is kind of gently in the picture a little, maybe possibly, uh, possibly yeah. I, I got to go back and look at our website. I have yeah. that, um, assigned to Joe who edits this for us. So that, that could be, I, I can't yeah. say for certain, but it's possible. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited about really getting a good look at one of these days. So yeah. Yeah make it, well, we're going to come up and visit you. You come down here and visit us. It'd be great to do a Monday medicine episode where we're both in the same space. I would love to, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I was thinking the same thing because you and and Andrew did the split screen Yeah, and which you, I guess you didn't have to do it that way, but, um, but yeah, I thought that'd be pretty cool if me and you could, you know, find some really interesting, you know, location to do this at. 
That'd be great. Yeah, we did it just to stick with the format. But uh, yeah, he was upstairs in his office and I was in my office. So yeah. Well, real quick behind me, our audit. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Uh, one of the joys of going to chairs from pews is that we're able to haul all that out and set this up for a Thanksgiving dinner. So oh, that's awesome. uh, we're getting ready to have a Thanksgiving dinner. Let's see tonight. Yeah. This is Tuesday evening before Thanksgiving. So, okay. And uh, okay. one of the men in my church is on his way to pastor another church in the area. David Greer's his name. We're going to be ordaining him uh, at the end of the Thanksgiving banquet. So we've got fantastic. It's great. And so we're, well, that is exciting a lot going on here tonight. It's going to be good. Yeah. We were supposed to have our Thanksgiving dinner uh, here at church this past Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> that got totally yeah. derailed. Yeah. So we're making that up on December the 12th. So we're well, yeah. good. So we're moving on to a different topic. One we think will be of great interest to uh, all of you, whether you're married or single, uh, we think the next uh, handful of episodes is really going to going to be a, a blessing. We're going to be talking about marriage, Christian marriage. Yep. Before we get to that topic of Christian marriage, uh, it's time for the jokes of the week. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't even have a clue who goes first. So I think it's your turn to go first. Okay, my turn to go first. Okay, well, uh, we are calling uh, the next, which we, we have been saying that we're only going to go three weeks per topic, no, maybe less, but no more. This yeah. one's going to go more than, yeah. than yeah. three, but we're calling it marriage medicine. All right. Marriage medicine. And, uh, you know, one of the, um, the reasons that marriages struggle is because of in-laws. All right. So there was this man who was walking along the uh, the beach and he saw a, a bottle sticking up out of the sand and he picked it up and just started wiping it off and as he rubbed the bottle a genie popped out it's a true story by the way and so the the genie popped out and and the guy was like oh my goodness this is incredible i, I I've, I've heard of things like this but i never knew this could be real and the genie said well he said you only get one wish but i have to warn you whatever you wish for your mother-in-law gets twice as much and so the guy was like, oh, that's easy. I want you to beat me half to death. There you go. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, top that one, Pastor Richard. Loving on the mom-in-laws. I got a mom-in-law <laughs> joke, too. I, that, I didn't have one. I wasn't going to tell a mom-in-law joke. Quick disclaimer. Can I say I'm blessed with a good mother? <laughs> okay. All right. Amen. So am I. Yes, you are. I know your mother-in-law. She's a sweetie. She's she's a great lady. You just got through spending some time with her in Peru. Part of the reason why I get along so with my mom-in-law, she lives on the other side of the world. So easy. <laughs> no, but she really is a great woman. But I got a mom-in-law joke as well. All right. So this guy just did not get along with his mother-in-law, could not stand his mother-in-law. I mean, they they fought like cats and dogs the first half of his marriage. In the second half, they just both stonewalled each other. So no communication, no talking. Well, lo and behold, uh, she dies. And so it's time for the funeral. And so uh, he's sitting there in the, uh, in the funeral home, and uh, they're getting ready to carry her out in the casket. And they come around a very tight corner, and they bump into one of the pews, and she wakes up, she wakes up and she sits up and she's alive. And it was just, the whole thing was a false alarm. And, and, you know, his wife was really happy, but he was just so distraught 
because he thought this was the end. And so sure enough, she had a new lease on life. So she lived a few years longer, but things between the two of them just continued to disintegrate and go downhill. And, and I mean, it was all out war. So finally she, she croaked the second time. And uh, this time she was really appeared really to be dead. And I mean, he checked and double checked and all this. And so they're carrying her out of the same funeral home around the same corner. And he stops the pallbearers. He says, be careful when you take that turn. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, I'm afraid you might beat me today. I don't know. <laughs> well, everybody vote in the comment section. Okay, vote in the comment section. And it tells whose joke you like best. And by the way, the comment section is not just for voting on the joke. Okay, um, if you find anything in the in the podcast a blessing or humorous or anything comment worthy please uh uh hit the like button share comment yeah good stuff good stuff Amen. hey won't you won't you take a minute and uh and just talk and just chat for a second about our theme um uh, marriage medicine and um um and get the ball rolling here as we start the bible study aspect of this Absolutely. First Corinthians chapter number seven, when Paul was addressing uh, the church of Corinth, he told uh, the folks who were unmarried in the church, he said, if you're able to not be married and just give your heart to the Lord, he said, in my opinion, that is best case scenario. He said, now, if you need to get married, get married. And then he told us this, he said, in marriage, and I'm paraphrasing the, the verse here, but he said in marriage, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. Anytime you take two sinners and put them together in a marriage, you're going to have rubs. Um, I, some folks say, you know, um, if, if I could just eliminate offenses in my marriage, then my marriage would be happy. And the reality is that there's going to be offenses in your marriage as long as you're married. Uh, both both parties are going to do things that offends the other. Why? Because you're two sinners and you're going to sin to the grave. So the goal in marriage is not to necessarily eliminate all offenses. It's to have a quick turnaround time after offense, after Amen. an offense, and learn how to forgive each other and move on and learn how to put up with each other's quirks and uh, show uh, love toward one another. So over the next handful of weeks, Covering this idea of uh, marriage medicine, what we hope to do is to uh, help each couple or even a, a single uh, adult or even an older teenager who wants to be married one day to help give them some concepts and some, some ideas to take that marriage to the next level. Uh, there are marriages on all sorts of planes. There's marriages that are most marriages uh, would fit in that average category. Why not take it up a notch? Why not have a happier marriage? Why not be more in love with each other? Um, there are other marriages that are on the rocks and struggling. Uh, you may not even be able to get your spouse to watch this or listen to this because they're just so put out with things. Uh, we hope to be able to offer some tips and uh, some Bible verses and some concepts that will help you to, to, to make the marriage better and uh, move, move that uh, closer and closer. Uh, Pastor King and I both have many years of counseling marriages. Obviously, I'm younger and uh, more wet behind the ears than he is, so he's got more experience than I do. Uh, he's also been married quite a, quite a bit longer than I have. Amen. Uh, but how many um, years are you at right now? Uh, Fourteen and a half. 
14 and a half. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm still okay. counting the half because that means I'm young. <laughs> um, uh, how many years have you and Janet been married? Next, the next month will be 34. 34 years. So yeah. 34 years wonderful there. years. And I'll just say this, uh, working for Pastor King for many years and knowing him uh, even beyond that, it's very apparent him and Janet have a wonderful marriage. I have never one time come into the office at work and seen uh, <laughs> either Pastor King or Miss Janet and thought, boy, they're at it. They're at each other's throats. <laughs> and I'm sure privately there were some tiffs going on in the background at times. But for the most part, boy, just a, a culture of a happy happy marriage. So uh, we both as pastors do our share of marriage counseling and preaching on marriage. And we we hope to be able to offer you some things that will help wherever your marriage is, help take it to another level. Amen. Amen. And I, I will just throw this in based on what you just said about not feeling any tension. I know people think this is, this is, um, I'm, I would lie by saying this, but Jan, I really don't fight. And uh, we really don't. And um, I think we both have learned that um, the fighting is just not fun. And so it's just better off if you disagree on something just to talk about it. You know, you don't have to yell. Um, you don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to throw anything. Uh, you don't have to get all all worked up and been out of shape. You don't have to get all red in the face. It's just, you just don't have to do that. Um, and um I know that's not normal, but, um, I really, uh, I guess the way I look at it is, and I know I'm, we're getting a tad off topic here, but you and I have never fought, <laughs> you know, it's like, if I, if I wouldn't fight with Richard Lejeune, why would I fight with Janet King? I mean, that to me, if I would, if I'm going to fight with either of you, I'd rather fight with you than to fight with her. <laughs> I live with right. her, you know? Yeah. So why, why do that? I've, I've, to me, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Why? I've, and some folks think that's, I think they grew up around a lot of fighting in the house and think it's what you're supposed to do. And, and, um, you know, and listen, if someone's watching this or listening to this today and, and maybe you just got in a big knockdown drag out last night, I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip, but I, I just want to hopefully maybe encourage you that um, you can lessen those days. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, so is First Corinthians seven your uh, your your first of your favorites? No, I, I just was okay. using that as part of the introduction. Okay. Okay. Um, Go, won't you give your the first of your favorites then? Okay. Uh, let's see. I really like Proverbs chapter number five. Let me pull it up here. Uh, and uh, verse number verse number 18, it says, Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, going through life, rejoicing with one another, being a blessing one to another, and enjoying uh, a marriage that has its roots in, especially for those that got married young, as I did, uh, in youth, it's two lives that have blended together and become one. Uh, you know, for a while, we, Angel and I would get on this kick of talking about the hypothetical of how would we survive without the other one if the other one were to just suddenly pass. And uh, I'm sure every marriage, every couple has similar conversations at some point. But, you know, we were talking about how uh, Angela would say, I just wouldn't be able to survive without you. 
and you'd be fine without me because, you know, you're the breadwinner and, and you, you know, you bring home the majority of the income and, you know, you can just buy dinner if, if you don't have anyone to cook for you. <laughs> and, uh, and I would tell her, I'd say, I just would not be able to survive without you. You know, you, you are so great with uh, nurturing the kids. And I, I lack that, that loving mother's touch. I'm more rough uh, in my personality, I'm, I am loving, but not anywhere near like she is. And, uh, she's such a wonderful, uh, home, uh, uh, caretaker and even brings in some supplemental income with a business she has. And, uh, just the, uh, keeping me emotionally sound and sane and straight. And I told her, I said, I, I don't think I'd be, what am I saying with, what are we both saying with all this? We, our lives after 14 years have become so blended we would not know how to function without the other one. And that's the Bible model here is that you rejoice with the wife of thy youth. You grow up together and you, your lives go from two to one. And it's a, a fountain. You know, I, you walk by a really beautiful fountain and people stop and take pictures in front of it. Uh, people rest there. It's, it's a centerpiece in a park oftentimes. And it ought to be that people look at your marriage. Uh, and if they were to look at it privately as well, what they would see is a beautiful uh, thing where two people have become one and it's attractive uh, in its nature. So I really like Proverbs 518. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. That's good. That's really good. Well, I, I it's funny. Um, uh, I know typically we try to get maybe like our top three verses, you know, whenever we do this, this type of a, a talk. And um, uh, on, if you asked me today what my top three would be, it would be totally different than if you asked me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Okay. And of my top three that I selected for today, I don't really know that I've got one that is a you know, number one, number two, number three. But I'll just give you the, the first one that I've got here. And it is Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse four. And the Bible says marriage is honorable in all marriage is honorable in all. The reason why I would select that as my first one for the day is because uh, we are living in a day when marriage is just not quite as esteemed as it used to be. And mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it, and it, it seems like um, uh, the culture that we live in, just says that, um, you know, you wouldn't buy a pair of shoes without trying and trying them on first. So why would you marry somebody without living with them first? And what I would say to that is a wife is not a shoe. Okay. Um, marriage is honorable. And that word honorable, I, I think we have a pretty good idea of what it means, but it means esteemed. It means to be treated uh, as special. Okay. And marriage is to be treated as a very special thing. Um, we ne next week, we're going to talk about um, starting right. Okay. And how that um, so many um, uh, uh, couples stumble straight out of the gate. And what I would say is that if you stumbled straight out of the gate, and if you started wrong, there is hope. Okay, there is hope. But for those who are watching today that are that are not married, 
Oh my goodness gracious, you would do yourself a favor if you would do this right from the beginning, if you would meet right, if you would date right, if you would behave yourself properly while you're dating, and, and when you marry that you've, you've done everything exactly mm-hmm. the, the way the Word of God says to do it, treat marriage as an honorable thing, an honorable thing, a, a precious thing. Um, I have... Um, I have in my home, um, uh, we only use them on special occasion, these, these really nice crystal goblets, and we'll use them on, you know, holidays and things like that. I also have up in my attic, um, a little collection of, um, of, um, uh, soda, um, glasses that are made out of plastic that Joseph and I would get whenever we go to sporting events. Okay. You know, like, you know, you go to an Orioles game to get the ones got the Oriole bird on it, you know, right. and they're plastic. Well, the plastic ones, um, uh, it, I, I would just, you know, I could throw that all over the place because it's just a plastic cup. It's not a big deal, but the crystal goblet, it's a little more fragile. And I think we need to start treating our marriage as an honorable thing and not like a plastic cup. We need to treat it like crystal goblets and not just something that you just slap around. And so uh, that's the one I would pick first. We, we need to get our mindset right about this. Our time is flying. So I'm going to let you give your second. This may be the only all we have time for, but go ahead for your, your second. Sure. So in Genesis chapter two, where we find the very first marriage, um, a couple of verses to just make sure we get the concept in here. Uh, the Bible says in the Lord, Genesis 2, 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. Uh, this is rudimentary fundamental, but God did not take Eve from Adam's head. She does not want, he did not want Eve to rule over Adam. God did not take Eve from Adam's foot. He does not want Adam to step on Eve. He took Eve from Adam's side and she's to come along and they are, she's to complete him, but they are to complete each other. And so um, we live, you talked about a moment ago, how marriage is to be honorable. We clearly live in a culture and time where marriage is under severe attack. It's cheapened in every possible way. We've changed the definition of marriage, uh, and we don't need to chase that rabbit per se, but I'm more making the point that um, we've pushed for divorce. We've pushed for living together as a culture. Uh, who can get married? It's on, it's on the precipice or cusp of polygamy and marrying a tree. Who knows what's coming down the pipeline, right? Uh, the slippery slope argument, I think, is a fair argument here. If we're as Christians going to get back to a place where marriage is honorable, then we have to understand our roles and the roles in marriage are different. And God brought Eve to come along to Adam's side and complete him. Um, On the other extreme of our Christian world, many Christians believe that the husband is to rule over and boss around his little woman (laughs) and almost, you know, uh, beat her with a stick when she's not in order um, Ephesians five twenty two is it seems to be their favorite verse. God calls the husband sure to be the leader, but to do it in a way that's loving while he's submitting to the Lord, and his number one advisor in life ought to be his wife. He ought to consider her opinion above all, and value that and cherish that. And so, uh, when we understand that different does not mean less, 
that different uh, can be equal, then as a man and woman, we can embrace who we are in our manhood and womanhood. We can embrace the roles that God's commanded uh, to us to have throughout the Bible, and we can come together and uh, honor and respect and love each other and have a marriage that pleases the Lord. Amen. That's good. And you know, uh, the Genesis 2 passage is repeated twice in the Gospels, and it's repeated in Ephesians 5. If God put it in the Bible four times, what does that say? What does that say? So I think we have two minutes left. I'll give you my uh, last one here, Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. (laughs) Okay, that just simply means don't hold grudges. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't keep score. And, uh, and I, I think that probably a wife can be just as guilty of this, of being bitter against her husband. But um, uh, the longer a couple is married, the, uh, the, the more likelihood there is that, that we have a list of offenses, you know, that, um, uh, well, you know, you said this about my mother and you said, and you, I didn't like the way you, you know, treated our kids or I, you know, I didn't like the, you know, the way you acted in this situation and, and, oh my goodness, we can come with this long list of offenses and, you know, we have to have a clean slate every morning when we wake up. That's right. Every single morning. And, uh, one thing my wife and I determined, uh, Ephesians four talks about let not the sun go down upon your wrath. We decided a long time ago, we would never go to bed and upset with each other. Um, that's just not healthy. It's, it's not Christian and it's just not wise, but, uh, whatever grudges you have held, you need to wipe the slate clean every single day. Amen. So, Hey, I, I looks like time is running out. I'm not sure if I started my stopwatch the same time you started yours, but the next episode is going to be really, really good. Uh, I wanted to say real quick before we go that if you are married, you really need to be listening to these. Cause I think you'll get some good things. If you are not married, you really, really, really need to be listening to these. Okay. You really we'll do. It, we'll call it premarital counseling, right? There you go. There you go. Because the one who needs to study, marriage is the one who isn't yet and you know so that you can enter into it right so the next week's episode is going to be a 